Hi, this is Amita Switlow. I'm at the 50th anniversary. And last night I was at the East African reunion and I met this lovely girl, girl named Andrea Spindel. And Andrea, where did you come from originally? What part of Canada? I came from, well, I grew up in Calgary. I'm Calgary. originally from BC, but I grew up in Calgary. Okay. And you got recruited for CUSO in Calgary. What had you studied? I did a degree in sociology and anthropology and graduated in 1968. 68. So you get recruited and I've seen these pictures of this beautiful young girl with short hair going to the training. Where did you get recruited to? Um, Kenya? No, you didn't get the whole story. I chose Kenya because I had a Kenyan boyfriend in my you last year at university. Oh my god. <laughs> at that time I thought that it would just be fascinating to go there. I didn't know whether he'd end up there but it kind of laid the the path for me to want to go there. So did you end up meeting him there? I did. Did yes. it last? No. Oh. He was doing graduate work at the University of Calgary when I was heading out to ah. Kenya and I didn't stay two years. I only stayed one year. He returned before the end of my first year with I think an expectation I was staying. He'd already booked for me to go meet his mother. That's how much he thought about it and I was already heading back home. <laughs> QSO, the International yes. Dating Agency. <laughs> so you ended up in Kenya, what part of Kenya? I was in, I guess we, um, well I thought of it as central, but it was probably north because it was north of Nairobi. North of Nairobi. Yeah. The south of the mountain. And what town? It wasn't a town, it was a school, a residential school in the bush called Tumutumu Girls Secondary School. Tumutumu Girls, okay. Yeah, but it was um, maybe an hour from Nyeri and less about half an hour from the village of Karatina. Okay, so were you the only white girl there? Um, no, there were two American girls who were missionaries, oh. they were Canadian, and there were two uh, men who were Cuso Canadians who lived in the closest house to where I was. They were um, in the same group, they'd come over at the same time. And so you go there, how old were you? Nineteen. Nineteen. Those pictures are you are nineteen. That's right. I had already had a degree at nineteen, and so uh, there I was. I was maybe a year or two years older than the students. We're dealing with one of those oh so brilliant <laughs> girls. So you go also oh, foolish that think she knows a lot. <laughs> but there are other things about you like you're a bit adventurous and a bit uh, amazing. I mean, I mean, I was in Africa at the same time you were much younger, but I remember. I mean, the idea of you traveling around East Africa hitchhiking just blows me away. How did you have the courage to do that? And I told you all I was perhaps naive. I just had this confidence. I had just been through, first of all, the leaving home and had the orientation at Loyola. I'd had the orientation in Kenya. There were a lot of other young adults, seemingly very competent. All of our instructors were young adults. They were a few years older. They were teaching at various colleges. The field officers didn't look that much older. And we were teachers. And all of a sudden I was faced with first time uh, vacation time. I wasn't going to waste a minute. I was going to see as much as possible. So even before I went into my placement, the minute the classes ended in the, in the uh, college in, in yep. Nairobi, we had time before we had our placement. So I had planned to go with one of the other girls um, on this adventure. And the morning we would leave, she woke up with malaria. So I went by myself. And because I, <laughs> I, I wanted to travel before school started, I didn't really think about it. You didn't have, couldn't buy a bus ticket. There were no trains. They just opened the Tanzam Highway, and uh, so I hitchhiked. And she I, hitchhiked. 
in 19, what year again? Na in 1968, I hitchhiked from Nairobi to Lalongwe in Malawi. Oh my God. So you have to, everybody who's listening, you have to put this in perspective. 1968 in East Africa was a very complex time. It was things had been changing. It was post Mau Mau. Post Mau Mau, independence. Uh, this is a pretty risky thing to do, but, but in your heart, you just felt strong I about I it. I felt, well, you know, I didn't think that I, I would be harmed. We had been, you know what, it is white privilege. We had been led to understand there was a view of us as the other. Right. And I maybe absorbed that from having studied sociology. That sort of made me feel um, impenetrable, like um, people aren't going to harm me, protected. They're going to help me. First of all, I also believe that women could ask for help. That's the naivety. You know, people talk about women get lost. Women drivers can always ask for directions. Men never do. I always ask. So I always assumed that people would help me. The best of everybody, I always thought would come out. I had been raised to believe everybody's kind and everybody's good and you just need to ask for help and they'll help you. And I was innocent in thinking that anybody would ever harm me. So I headed out on the highway and once I was out of the city and out of the, um, Kenya, it's just one long stretch of highway and very few cars, no cars. Mostly it's buses, these really rickety old overloaded buses and, yes. and big trailer trucks. <laughs> what I didn't know is there's no speed limit and everybody drinks while they're driving. <laughs> I'd get into a truck and I'd be sitting between these two great big dark guys and they'd be passing the booze back and forth. By the time they stopped, they'd be plastered. And they would suddenly stop in the middle of nowhere and say, okay, we're sleeping under the truck tonight. What are you going to do? And I just walk off down the highway and hope to find some place. Did you bump into any animals? No, and I never stayed anywhere near the truck. So <laughs> I always made sure I walked to the nearest town. Oh, my God. Okay, so one year. And so when you got back, what, when you look back at that time of your life, what do you think about yourself in that time, in that period, about this Andrea that now is... An amazing woman, March of Dimes. Have um, you been working with March of Dimes? I've been at the March of Dimes for 30 years. I was recruited. I, when I came back, I did graduate work, and then I worked in social development in BC, and then I was recruited from there to have the March of Dimes, and I've been there 30 years. So I have a lot of confidence now because I've administered a big organization. I have a lot of more awareness now of the risks, and and still know that that wasn't as risky a time as it is now. It would never, ever be safe to do that today. No. I wouldn't personally want to do it or allow any young girl to do it, but I really do believe it was a safer, more innocent time. Um, but I'm sure there were risks that I was um, oblivious to, and some of the stories I told, some of the situations I was in were pretty stupid and unbelievable. But I never at any time felt really too anxious, except the one night that I was sleeping in a, in a um, government um, hostel, and it was at the border to Malawi, and I'd been dropped off there by the bus driver. Said, "You sleep here." Everybody else he took into town, so I didn't know if they were better off or worse off than me. <laughs> but I guess the next day I found this is where the foreigners stay. And um, and during the night, a man came in and went into the bed next, you know, next to me. An and Indian man, right? An Indian man. He was Muslim, I gather, because he, at four o'clock in the morning he got up to have a full turkey dinner, a full chicken dinner, because it was Ramadan and he had to eat before sunrise. <laughs> So you that know, was the only moment that I was frightened. If I was to choose somebody that I would like to have an adventure with, it would be you. <laughs> That's great. Well, I'm having an adventure. You can come with me this fall to China. All right, let's yes, do it. Yes. <laughs> so, thank you so much for your service with QSO VSO and your continued service 
with March of Dimes and all the positive things you do. If you ever want to meet a confident woman, here she is in lime green. Thank you, Andrew.